Welcome to Say That, the podcast for your big questions get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago. And joining us for the first time tonight, we certainly haven't done this before, Glenn Fitzgerald, the president of Mission USA. I think it's going to be great tonight. <laughs> also joining us in a spontaneous and non-rehearsed way, Jed Brewer, the director of Mission USA Productions. I just like to look on the bright side of things. Joining us all the way from Oakridge, Tennessee, one of the pastors of Christ Community Church, Lee Younger. Guys, the machine is still working, and we're sti- we're like 37 seconds in. It's a miracle. I think that's a record for tonight. Yeah, sometimes we're all caught in a time loop of our own making. Well, not <laughs> our making as much as Pro Tools making, but either way. You know. It is interesting. I'll a peek behind the curtain for the folks. So, you know, we do the, the musician interviews and whatnot. They're all lovely people, and it's great to talk to them. But you want to get a you want to set a tone of, you know, congeniality, and we're all in the same world. And I found that if I open an interview with a musician of, well, Pro Tools is working, and that's kind of a miracle, so I guess we get started, right? They all find that funny. Yeah. yeah. That's true. So Pro Tools is the recording software we use. It's industry standard, and it doesn't work. Most of the time. Because when your company gets big enough that you can force out your competitors, you don't have to make a working product anymore. It's a pretty sweet model. Well, but <laughs> it's like uh, super cheap, though, right? No. No, super not. Oh, well, yeah. that's... Um... But at least you don't have to buy any proprietary hardware to use it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of business models. Yes. I declare a beef emergency. Ooh. Beef emergency! Maybe the third week in a row. That was good sustain, man. That was very impressive. (laughs) That's good. That's good. It's kind of the Homer still falling down the hill thing. <laughs> That's right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we, we've had we've had quite a, a number of beef updates in a row here these last few episodes. Now, of course, if you're joining us for the first time, if you're not familiar with the nomenclature, we don't mean like mad cow disease style no. beef emergency. Oh, that no. sounds delicious. Of course, it, it, no, it doesn't. <laughs> I almost, Jed's, Jed's such a convincing person, I almost went along with that. I was like, yeah, wait, wait, no. <laughs> opposite of that. Total opposite. Jed is why we have to have the mad cow disease warnings on things. That's right. Because everybody else is saying mad cow disease. I won't eat beef for a while. Jed said, is that like one of those weird counter marketing things? Uh, Maybe they just went crazy with how delicious they are. <laughs> These crazy prices. They're angry with flavor. <laughs> okay. When I say beef, what I mean is, of course, we spent a few years trying to pick a fight with Joel Osteen. We don't know anything right. about him except that he had the number. has. Had and has the number one Christian podcast on iTunes. So we yep. figured we get in a hip hop kind of East Coast, West Coast hip hop style feud with him, and that would bring us a lot of notoriety and, you know, kind of move on up yeah. the charts there. About three three years in, and uh, no traction on that. Yeah. So yeah. we tried some other Christian podcasts. We found out that uh, they refused to acknowledge our existence. Yeah. One, we, we think we just unintentionally destroyed. He yep. was out mm. of the charts. One, yeah. we found out that might be well meaning people who. Some of our listeners also enjoy and may have tagged me in tweets at them on Twitter, so we kind of thought back, cooled out on that. So we're really having not the best luck in finding someone to beef with. That's Last funny. week we tried the concept of physics itself. Yeah, that that felt like we were spinning out of control a little. Bit. It felt like <laughs> a, a bit of a reach. Uh huh. It did uh-huh. involve uh, someone calling us out for. It did involve me. Uh, making the joke that we should just throw Isaac Newton's corpse off something 
and taunted yeah. about gravity. Sure. Yeah. Which um, I remember saying that, but listening back a to little the tape, tasteless. I super did. So Yeah, I'm offended. It's possible we were going too it's far. It's very insensitive. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I don't actually listen to this podcast. Nor should you. Uh, I find it a little... It's a bit much. It's a bit You perform more family-oriented. That's right. Uh, it's got to be safer the ears in the back seat. Now, I don't actually have ears in the back seat, but, sure. you know... Yeah, but you like to you're keep it clean. You're just in case you I, did. I like to keep it clean. That's just how I am. Okay? Totally. What if Jesus was riding in your back seat, Glenn? That's <laughs> well, You'd want it to be safe for his ears, he, wouldn't why, you? That's Jesus what be I've been saying. That's what I've been saying. Back seat. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, that feels, like, that feels like class and judgment. I think, I think Jesus would want shotgun. You know what? I think Jesus would drive so that you could get some rest. Now, why does Jed think Jesus is some high and mighty wants you to chauffeur him around? I don't know. Maybe that tells us something about Jed. It That's certainly right. does. There's a lot of theological implications. That's what I'm getting. Yeah. Yeah. If you think two seminary students couldn't have a four-hour debate about what seat Jesus would sit in. Dude, Although. You should, just, you should just see what you can get started with some seminary students. Just give them some prompts and just see what arguments spin out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Sad, like sad arguments. Okay. Anyway, back to beef. Yes. Um, beefing. This week, uh, in the pre- in the previous week before we recorded this, the beef may have found us. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. So we, we actually were not trying to start a beef with this organization. We were just uh, mocking them. Sure. Intensely. And, uh, and you know, man, do they deserve it. Yeah. yeah. That would be, uh, we, you may have heard us make fun of the God's Not Dead movie franchise mm-hmm. because there's multiples of them. So we thought that was pretty awful. The three of us up here in Chicago, along with some of our friends, tried to watch the God's Not Dead and did not make it even to the 50% to the halfway part, probably. Yeah, I gave We up. tapped out pretty bad. About the time uh, Professor Hercules was physically choking the student for believing in God, not <laughs> metaphorically, like literally physically choking him. Yeah, we started And yelling, I will ruin you. You'll never get into law school without a recommendation. From your freshman <laughs> philosophy class. <laughs> super, super realistic. So, but we, we made fun. We thought we pitched maybe some, we pitched God's Not Deadpool, which I still think is great. We're still shopping that around. Lovely. Sure. Now, of course, all these, uh, the, the God's Not Dead movies, along with some other, whatever the opposite of fine media products is, are distributed by a company called Pure Flix. Oh, Yes. Because everything they do is pure. Apparently. Mm. Mm. Uh, of course, cr- movies made by non-Christians are super-duper naughty. Yeah. And movies uh. we make that involve the aforementioned professor, show, those are all super-pure. Totally. Right. Right. So, but the, owned by Pure Flix, which, as uh, some of you might know, is as a new media company, mm. has an online presence. Mm-hmm. Mm. So you, you actually, if you're... As unfortunate as I, you've seen some Pure Flix, uh <laughs> promoted content on your Facebook. Sure. Mm. Oh, wow. Um, so then they got the Twitters, as, as most brands do, or maybe even today, you know, you get a lot of brands, companies that have like an Instagram or whatever. Uh, not as many brands on Tumblr, where right. we do a lot of our blog stuff, but apparently PureFlix is. <laughs> we found this because I, I go to open the Tumblr app one day and, you know, just see how, if anybody's, you know, got a question or how the posts are doing, and I see PureFlix has liked your post. <laughs> wow. Now, here's... I want to jump in right here, Matt. Go for it. First of all, I'm enraged. Sure, that's just how you start now. How dare you like us? Seriously. Yeah! <laughs> that is unacceptable. This is not to be liked. 
Thank you, Jed. That's right. Okay. First of all, and this can't be stated clearly enough, we are not likable. No. Okay. <laughs> we so put a lot of effort into that. That's uh, uh now, for our example, brand is off putting. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's a strategy. We want to push ourselves to make sure the content is so good right. that you listen even though we are deeply unlikable people. <laughs> right. Wow. Now, the truth is, you know, it, it, generally speaking, you know, like, Lee's a lovely person. Sure. That's right. We're dragging him down. Oh, we're ruining <laughs> Lee as we speak. But, um, you know, in, in, in small... It sound like you have him in a lab. <laughs> as <Yeah>. you speak. <laughs> <laughs> and, and in small doses, you know, uh, Matt's a reasonably... Sure, I can figure well, it for a little while. ...well-mannered you know, ba- if you look at, 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 at Jed, he's basically like, you know, when your when your children find a small dog that's like scruffy and like one ear's down and yep. one ear's up and whatever. Sure. And hey, mommy, can we keep him? Sure. If you take uh, the that in human form, that's Jed. That's are you saying true. when uh, at a younger age when. Jed moved in with you and your wife for a while. Did you promise that you would walk him every day and he would be your responsibility? (laughs) (laughs) Something a lot like that. Okay. Okay. And uh, uh, and believe me, my wife was the one saying, can we keep him? Sure. That was, yeah. She wanted Jed to never leave. Okay. Isn't that what we all want? And, and we should. And, and then, as far as I'm concerned, I, you know what, I'm, You're I'm a lovable scamp. I'm a, ti- you know what it is. I'm tiny and adorable. You should can basically really? put me in your pocket and carry me home. Okay, absolutely. But somehow, when the four of us kind of combine, there's some really unsavory right. chemical reaction. Happens. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, the, all of these things. Uh, 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 the, you know, we have our merits, but but y- you know, in the final analysis. We have said and done awful things. Things we have ruined parties. I we take have... you back to tauntingly throwing the corpse of Isaac Newton off something. Yeah, yeah. a I mean, thing we... we said for comedic effect. Yeah, yeah. the the things, and, and we don't just do. You think, well, now you guys get on your own podcast and you say all sorts of horrible things. No, we act like this everywhere. We do this everywhere. If <laughs> yeah. you. We we have gone and done paid gigs and been awful. Yeah, you know what I mean because that's we can't turn it off. We don't want to hide our light under a bushel. That's totally. right. And uh, here's the thing: you can't go liking us. Like no, that. please. That's right out. I'm very offended. Well, there are people we we would lo- we would enjoy liking us. If you like the post on on the blog, if you like the right, so leave a nice review in the iTunes store. Leave that's all a positive. review. Leave a review. But here's the thing: um, when you're building your brand and your identity, yeah, you know, on the social media spheres, um, who likes your stuff, right, is kind of important to the brand you're kind of trying to build. That's right. And here's what I'm pitching: I'm just going to put this out here. I'm going to see how we all feel about. it. If you don't like it, you can send it right back. Okay. Did Pure Flix passively aggressively like our post? Oh yeah! Wow! Are they yeah. trying to drag us down? You just blew the lid on this whole thing. Yep. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And how long have they been monitoring the blog? Because I posted that God's Not Deadpool poster. Okay. Okay. They didn't like that one. They didn't like that. So, so they, are you saying are you saying they maybe having strategy meetings about this? Oh. Like the what like you drop a post and they're like, All right, let's let's have a staff meeting. Let's talk about it. Wow. What did Matt do today? And then they have like, how is this gonna play? And you got guys, you know, like screaming across the table like at a campaign. Yeah. meeting behind the scenes these are like just high up 
pure flick strategist trying to figure out they're having arguments 3 a.m texts everything just to figure out how do we ruin matt's world of of internet domination well i don't know if i understand the premise of pure flicks having strategists but (laughs) other than that yeah i think that you gotta put your finger right on they got like a blackboard with like diagrams on certain things and like a whole a, a whole big bulletin board with our faces yep our pictures, red are, pieces of string, and red pieces stuff. of string <laughs> connecting, <laughs> connecting the dots. You sure, know, what what I mean? Pro. and trying to figure out whatever. And then, and this is this is what they're doing. They're saying we're bringing these dudes down, like them. Yep. That's well, that's how that's doing. the first way. That's the this first is way. the moment, guys. Let's go ahead and roll out a like. It's very yeah. Machiavellian. Well, here's what I here's what I'm wondering, and I'll bring us in on this. So we we of course know that Joe Listings. Uh, even though he pretends to not know about the beef we've been having for years. Yeah. We, we of course, theorize that he has sent uh, time-traveling cyborgs to wreck Obviously. our equipment occasionally. That, you know, what, el- what, what, could, what other possible explanation could there be? It's just Occam's razor. It's the simplest possible yeah. solution. Yeah. I hear that as five blades now. Thank you. It, the first blade lifts it up, yeah. and the second blade cuts <laughs> it exactly closer. Right. See what yeah. I'm saying? That's, that's how Occam does. And a strip of aloe vera. To soothe. Yep. There you go. I'm going to take a tangent for a really bad joke. You've been warned. Can we get you know Gillette or somebody to make a razor cartridge that just has one blade and call it the Occam? <laughs> nice. nice and simple. Right. Oh, the simplest possible blade is the best. Yep. Sure. If you really like ancient Greek logistician <laughs> jokes, welcome to the podcast for you. But that's going to undercut my point, but I'm going to make the point. We so Joe Lowe's obviously trying to ruin us because he knows that in the future we have the number one Christian podcast. This obviously. is inevitable. That's that's just now, math. Is it a coincidence that Pure Flix starts their take them out by liking them strategy not too long after we pitched the movie, the idea for the inevitable blockbuster movie, God's Not Deadpool? Clearly not. Uh huh. We're moving on their territory. Yep. What you're saying is they're trying to take us out because they see us as a threat. That's right. Well, before we pitch the the not the can't miss idea for God's not Deadpool, were there any likes? No, no, no. no there That's were right. not. Yeah. Now we got. Now we pitched the idea for the movie, and we okay. got likes. So I'm just going to throw it out there. Right. I think we if we can't get beefs going, which we're having a problem with. What we've had a lot of success with is conspiracies. Sure. Yes. Totally. Right. We can blame our own lack of measurable success in some ways on. Shadowy forces keeping us down. Right. Clearly. I mean, it can't be a lack of quality. Absolutely not. <laughs> well, I think our growth strategy must be the muscling in on other people's territory. Absolutely. Right. All right. So there's the Passion Conference. Right. Do we have the Apathy Conference? <laughs> <laughs> I would pay a lot of money to stay home from the Apathy Conference. So can we get people to pay us money and they don't go? Yeah. Well, yeah there is that. no way to go to. Well, either that or they come and instead of like the light show and we got David Crowder and it's, oh, we're so excited, you come and it's a bare stage <laughs> and it's just Glenn sitting there in shorts and a t-shirt saying, this is the apathy conference. <laughs> or not. Oh, whatever. Whatever, whatever. I don't care. Do what you can. There- <laughs> so, Buzz groups at three, maybe. This maybe, is why God will never let me have money. Yeah, I would personally bankroll the Apathy Conference. Yeah, yeah. And well, um, here's what you would know: though the people who would show up for that would be the coolest people you ever met. 
There's a lot of people sitting with their back to the stage. That's right, yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's a great idea. I think we got conspiracies. We got the apathy conference. Right. There's a lot to pitch and a lot to a lot to get into in later episodes. If our super fans wanted to make some Photoshop posters of something with big laser lights and fogs and hands lifted in worship, but just brand it the apathy conference. I can't oh, tell you how happy wow. that would make yes. me. Yes. Yeah. Making him famous in this generation or not. <laughs> <laughs> apathy. Hashtag yes. apathy 2016. Please. Oh, I am begging. Gosh. If you're listening to this, please make that. Yeah. Okay. On that note, I have to declare <laughs> Emergency off. <laughs> that was a doozy. Yeah. So certainly, the problem with the podcast is either shadowy cabals coming together to ruin us before we take over, or our own lack of focus and quality. <laughs> you can listen to what's happened over the last 15 minutes and make your own judgment about which is more likely. Now, the thing we do put focus and quality into is Bridgebox. Ooh. We got songs, we got sermons, we got Bible studies, we got guest devotionals, we got a lot of good stuff. It's all in a lovely designed web portal. There's a lot of stuff we've put a lot of work into. A lot of us have, including everybody here on the show and uh, wives and friends and part-time employees, a lot of good stuff. Now, the reason we put so much work into the bridge box is not just because we want to give you people a nice thing to help you in your walk. Of course, we do that. But also, bridge box money goes to support our part-time employees, our deacons at the bridge, men and women who are products of the ministry who help us out not only kind of logistically on Tuesday nights, but help us out connecting guys to churches, getting their needs met, food, shelter, that kind of stuff. So it's a huge boon to us. We know it's a help to the people who get it. If you want to check it out, sign up missionusa.com slash bridgebox. This month's topic that we just dropped is, are you carrying too many burdens? So you got uh, sermons and songs, a lot of stuff about kind of unburdening yourself. We know it's something that a lot of folks listen to this show struggle with, kind of being overcommitted and stuff. So if you want some good wisdom on that, and to support inner city ministry up here in Chicago for only $8, missionusa.com slash bridgebox. All right, we're going to jump into our first question here. It comes in to our email address, and it says, What advice can you give for someone starting out that feels they're being called into full-time vocational ministry? I'm currently two years out of college working full-time during the week in a field that is not related to ministry, but I volunteer to serve at my church's weekend services as well as our college and young adult services, and I lead a small group with that. I know remaining faithful to serving where I'm at and taking care of the responsibilities I've already been given is important, but I know there's something bigger for me here still. I'm tired of running from God over this, as I've felt the call to full-time ministry for a few years now. I know I'm ready to take the next step towards that, however small that may be, a school, an internship, or something like that. Do you guys have thoughts on how to move forward from here? And Glenn, not only have you been in full-time ministry for a long time, you've hired people, you've advised people yeah. on a bunch of different kind of jobs. Where would you start us off here? Well, I think the big fork in the road that we want to start off looking at is missions versus church ministry. And real quick, can you uh, missions is kind of a bigger umbrella term. Can you mm-hmm. give us some? Because I think when people hear that, they may just think foreign, that's kind right. of direct evangelical missions. So give that's us a couple right. of things that fall under that that people may not think of as missions. Yeah, m- missions. Uh, the way we would define it anyway is uh, anything that involves reaching out to unreached. People groups, you know, mm-hmm. uh, groups that have not heard uh, the gospel, uh, people who are in uh, having some form of uh, crisis that that need some sort of help spiritually, physically, and so on. Uh, so, uh, you can have a church plant that might operate very similar to missions. Uh, uh, good ones do. Uh, youth ministry is really much more missions oriented mm-hmm. than. 
uh, than it is a, 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 a traditional church model because you're doing outreach. You're going to the to the uh, high school. You're uh, you're in a subculture that's not your own. You're reaching uh, out to people and kind of trying to learn to speak their language, so to speak. And then you're forming a body of those people that you've done that outreach with. And you, but the ministry has started away from the church mm-hmm. and you've brought it in. That's missions. Okay. And um, so, and as you say, we're, that's a very broad umbrella when we're saying missions. Tell me if this would be fair. I'm trying to get, uh, that's a great definition. I'm trying to expand that a little bit. I, I tend to think of anything you're going to go into in a ministry that has a very specific focus mm-hmm. is probably going to be missional. So if it's, right. it, like you're saying, if it's youth, if it's prisoners, mm-hmm. if it's um, drug addicts, if it's LGBT, yeah. anything that kind of churches, we have a church and then a body, and you want a diverse church body comes to right. it. Almost anything that's specific is going to have that missional. Absolutely slant. right. Yeah. Yeah. So I- I- exactly right. You know, so some of that we would call uh, uh, domestic missions versus foreign missions. Yeah. But yeah, it's all under that same umbrella, as you say, if I feel a calling or a burden towards a a certain group or a certain place, uh, yeah, we would call that missions. Uh, The other fork in that road is church ministry. So that's a senior pastor, associate pastor, uh, a a director of Christian education, worship leader, those kinds of uh, jobs. there's a big difference between these two different kinds of ministries. The, in, in one case, the, with a church ministry, it's done in a very different way. It's, it's more of uh, doing things the way we've always done them. There's a, a lot of structure that's involved in that. We, we, you know, we're going to do, if we did the thing last year, we're going to do it again this year, that kind of thing. Um, so, uh, if you like a lot of structure and formality, that's that's the thing. Uh, whereas missions, a lot of times you're off the map. You're trying to create something from nothing. You're creating. It's more so. There's differences in 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 those elements. Um, uh, I have to at this point, I think, be honest with you. I think that's what you're looking for in this question. Uh, people who are in missions have a whole lot more fun. Uh, yeah. But the difference is uh, there's a lot less financial resources for missions. So a lot of us aren't, aren't uh, paid nearly as well. So there's, uh, there's a difference. But here's the one thing I want to tack onto that and, and, make, and make one separate point on this, is that if you're thinking, I love when we do a short-term missions project, and I want that to never end. If you're thinking... I love doing these uh, fellowship uh, things, and I want that to never end, what have you. Um, you don't necessarily want to get yourself into an administrative role, like a, a pastor or something like that. Um, and generally speaking, uh, if, you, if you sort of want that feeling to continue, you really need to think more in terms of missions. Uh, nowadays, a lot of church pastor roles, you're sort of the the head of uh, of uh, it's like being a CEO or something mm-hmm. of an operation. So uh, the, you know we're making some broad sweeping generalities there. Yeah, a lot of it has to do with size of church and what particular yes. role you take. But absolutely right. And th- you can find there are some great churches out there with really missional attitudes and whatever. But the the trick with there is nobody wants to leave that job. So yeah. <laughs> you know those jobs are hard to find. But here's the last little little teeny tiny piece I wanted to tack on the end. 
you mentioned in there about schooling, what, what sort of schooling you need to think about to get there. This is important. Um, what you need to do is to think in terms of two separate prongs here. On, on one prong is what schooling do I need to qualify for the job that I'm mm-hmm. looking for? So if you're, if, for example, if you want to be a church pastor, that means generally getting a Master's of Divinity degree from a seminary. Uh, it, so that's, that's just what is, you know, you do the that. The same way if you want to be a doctor, you got to get an MD. Yeah. I had to get a, a, a bachelor's degree in order to start as a prison chaplain, so mm-hmm. that I get, did that and, and started my, my career. But the second prong on that is to recognize no schooling. I can't say this loud and clear enough. No schooling that I have ever seen or heard will prepare you for ministry. Yep. Right. Say that, that. That is... A, a mentor role, you need to find someone who's doing what you want to do, get them to mentor you. Uh, that's how you prepare for ministry. Uh, of course, you're probably preparing yourself a great deal for ministry by doing what you're doing now, yep, gaining exactly. experience. So uh, don't think that there is a school somewhere that can teach you how to do much better ministry, because I can't tell you this clear enough. That does not happen out there. They they will teach you a lot of Bible if you if you want to know a lot of very small facts about the Bible, like a whole whole lot of small facts about the Bible, and and gorge them and and then regurgitate them. Then that's the thing for you. But uh, we're we're not going to expect that to prepare us for ministry. That's absolutely that's a great point. Before I transition, I will follow up on that. Of one of my favorite stories, which is we have a, a pastor we work at the bridge. He's one of the the finest preachers we have. He's a, just a great guy in general. He uh, is the head of multicultural ministry for a large nomination in the United States. We had a guy who was volunteering at the bridge who had just decided, kind of decided he might want to try seminary and thought that would be kind of impressive to all of us. He pitched that to uh, Glenn and Jed and did not get the type of uh, hero's welcome he wanted. So he went to this pastor and said, well, and this is a pastor who has an MDiv, has a PhD, you know, has done the whole thing and said, pastor, I'm thinking about going to there's the name of a seminary here in town. So what do you think? And this guy took a long pause and said, don't go if you don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> and this guy did not know what that meant. But what it meant is exactly what Glenn is saying. If you have a job in mind that you want, that schooling requires, great. We would never right. badmouth that idea. But the idea of just going to seminary because, or some advanced education because ministry stuff right. is not the best idea. And Lee, I'll transition to you on this because is that idea of, the calling leading the preparation. And obviously you're hearing from Glenn as missionary and Lee is a church pastor. So, but you're not, you're not any less called to a church pastoring than Glenn was to being a missionary. It's a different right, calling, right. but it's a calling nonetheless. So right. when you're looking at that and looking at a way to prepare for, let's, let's assume that someone wants to go into church ministry. What, what would you have them look at Lee? Well, I think one thing that, that Glenn said right at the end of, of, of his answer was the was the thing that you want to land on, which is that you need to find somebody that you can apprentice under who's doing the thing that you want to do. I mean, that's kind of the heart and soul of, of doing ministry well. The, the idea with, uh, just to kind of go back a, a couple more thoughts on the schooling thing, um, there, you know, like, like you guys are saying, there's, there's nothing wrong with if you just really, really love you know, studying all this Bible stuff. Great. But I know a lot of guys who went to Bible school, who went to seminary, some guys who got 
like a bachelor's degree from a Bible school, or then like exactly what Glenn's saying, the MDiv from, you know, the master's degree from a seminary, and they went into a pastoring situation, got their tail handed to them, and realized, mm. I was never trained for ministry in any way. Right. Um, one time, Glenn and Matt were down visiting our church. Uh, both of these brothers uh, spoke. They kind of divided up the sermon time at our church. And a dude came up to me afterwards. He was kind of helping out with our middle school ministry. And he said, so uh, how did Matt become, you know, how did he get so good at preaching? And I said, well, I preaching. just do what Glenn tells me. <laughs> yeah. I said, well, he, he, he preaches a lot. You know, he preaches a lot. Glenn tells him, this is what I want you to do. And he does it a lot. And he said, because he was like, all of my friends, and this guy said, all of my friends that we, when we all graduated from the, uh, Bible school at the same time, he said, five years in, none of us are pastors anymore. None of us got Mm. trained to do that. And not one of us could have done what that guy did in 10 minutes today. Mm. And are you telling me he never went to any Bible school? And I was like, no, I didn't go to any Bible school. I barely made it through regular school. (laughs) (laughs) So he was apprenticed to do this. And so we we talk about this kind of relationship a lot, but I want to hit on a couple of really specific things, which is... If you, if you are feeling called into, especially the ministry situation that you want, I would say one thing is find a ministry that needs your help today and go get in there and start helping. Start helping and ask if you can tag along. So like, for instance, if you're in a, a sizable city at all, they've got a rescue mission or some kind of homeless shelter or something like that, go there and ask to, to help out. And then start to form some relationships and see if you can sit in on a meeting where they organize housing for somebody or where they do some tutoring or uh, even counseling appointments and start to learn things, take notes. And then here's the really big deal. When you start to get into that mentor relationship, and this is the part that I think is really, really hard for folks, ask, and you start uh, shouldering some responsibilities, ask for a lot of feedback and be ready to be humble about that. And that's the real thing that a lot of people don't want to do, which is, in other words, you try a thing that you've been trained to do in ministry, and then you go back to the person who trained you and you say, give it to me straight. How much did that suck? (laughs) What needs to change? And how can I grow in this? These are the things that a lot of people don't want to hear because our feelings are so wrapped up in, I just don't want to fail. I want to be amazing from the get-go. And I bet if you were to ask Glenn, how many guys that you've tried to bring along wanted to be amazing from the get-go and couldn't handle the idea that this is a growth thing that takes a long time, he would tell you, that's basically everybody. Yeah. And, and, and... And the people that really stick it out and do get to the place where they are amazing, where a guy like Glenn could leave his ministry in their hands if he had to go out of town or whatever, those are the people who are willing to say, tell me what I did wrong, show me how to yep. change it next time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this in a humble way and because I... Because, yeah, my, my feelings, you know, whatever. But what I really want, my goal is to get good at this. So you find the ministry that you're feeling called to or that you want to do or whatever, but even more than feeling called to, find a ministry that needs your help today. Get involved, get that mentor relationship, ask for a lot of feedback, and be ready to do that on the super humble, and you will grow. That's a really great place to land and good uh, kind of uh, other side of it to see from what 
Glenn was saying, you're seeing that come from you know a missionary and a pastor, but you're seeing a lot of the same things come to light there, which is something to note. And Jen, I'd love to get you to close out here with the idea of no matter what what you want to do, if you want to get into vocational ministry, um, one of the temptations, Glenn Lee was talking about a couple in there, but one of the big ones is to just be think it's like what I'm doing now, but more hardcore. Yeah. When in fact, one of the things Lee was pointing to there, which is very smart and very true of vocational ministry, is it's a long game. It's, yeah. It's a, uh, even if MDiv or not, missions or church, it's a, it's a years and decades kind of idea. Yeah. So we have to learn to um, pace ourselves and take care of ourselves in that. But that's also true in the searching process, right? No doubt about it. No doubt about it. It should be said, um, we're delighted to get your question. We're really proud of you. It's Very cool. It's yeah. really amazing and, and really cool, and, and we're praying for you. One thing you can begin doing right now, and I really I can't encourage you strongly enough to do this, is to decide to become an expert at the concept of self-care. That means mm. taking care of yourself, figuring out what do I need to be happy and healthy and well-adjusted in my life. Mm-hmm. That's everything from eating regular meals and getting enough exercise to having hobbies and interests and pursuits outside of ministry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here's why that's important. Ministry will chew you up and spit you out. Yeah. I don't say that to scare you. I, that's not my goal at all, but I want you to know that that's actually what it does. The, well, it can be enjoyable enough to where you don't want to punch the clock, you know? Well, well, that's the funny thing about that is uh, that is just a facet of ministry. If you are um, in a bad situation, it will wreck you. But if you're in a super good situation, it'll do the same thing. Ministry yeah. will eat as much of your time and energy out. as you give to it. Yeah. There's a tool that uh, counselors and psychologists use called the Holmes and Rahi Stress Scale. And this is a way of measuring just how stressed people are. And Mm. and it's particularly used to correlate stress levels to their likelihood of illness, physical illness. So um, the scale starts, I suppose, at one, and it goes up from there. But roughly speaking, around 200 is where you start to get significant risk of illness from the level of stress that you're dealing with. Well, they've actually studied the stress levels of missionaries. And missionaries in their first few years, and remember, 200 is you're you're at significant risk of some health problems from the level of stress you're carrying. Missionaries in their first few years are generally at about 900 mm-hmm. on the Holmes and Rahi scale. But here's... Sounds accurate. Here's mm-hmm. the crazy thing. Seasoned missionaries are at about 600 mm-hmm. on yeah. the Holmes and Rahi scale. Yeah. Um, it, it gets better, but... Not as much as you'd think. Mm-hmm. Ministry, as Matt said, whether it's good or bad in terms of your experience, it's unbelievably stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's it's an incredibly taxing thing. Now, again, I'm not saying that to you at all to dissuade you from going in into ministry. To the contrary, we want you to be successful in it. And that's mm-hmm. what you want, too. So part of the bedrock for your success is knowing how to take care of yourself. Knowing, mm-hmm. learning now, deciding now, before you take any further steps. Here's what I do to make sure that I'm grounded and I'm centered and I've got, mm. you know, that I'm I'm happy. Now, yes, part of that is you need to have a regular devotional time, but actually a lot of it's stuff that's not, doesn't feel spiritual at all. Mm-hmm. Again, to list off, that's eating regular meals. Mm-hmm. That's showering every day. Yeah. You, that might sound like an odd thing to bring up, but when you're working 16 hour days, you'll be surprised the things you cut corners on. Right. Um, 
That's getting sufficient exercise. That's mm-hmm. seeing friends in a non-ministry environment right. where just it's just buddies hanging out, yeah. basic yeah. fellowship. We're not doing anything deep. We're just, mm-hmm. you know, watching the Bears game. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, again, that's hobbies, that's interests, that's pursuits, that's a day off every single week, no mm-hmm. exceptions. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, regular extended, you know, long weekend to go see a friend. That's, you know, events, going to concerts. None of that stuff sounds particularly spiritual. And mm-hmm. you actually don't hear Christians talk about that stuff stuff very often but ministry is a long-term thing to do it well and as lee is pointing to is as glenn is pointing to and as matt is pointing to you have to grow to get better that takes a long long time in order to do it for a long time you have to be caring for yourself or that Mm. 900 points of stress that you're carrying will take its toll on you the good news is you can begin again laying the foundation right now today of being in a position where even though you're in stressful environments it's not taking the toll on you in the same way that it would if you didn't know how to care for yourself that's all really good stuff it's an important point there are a couple of sub things in there I do want to pick up on real quick. One of which you heard from all these guys, get involved in something. Um, what you're doing counts. If you want to, you might want to explore other things. As Glenn's mentioned, the mission things, but you know, I help out with the service and I lead a small group. Uh, that's as much ministry as most people are doing. So that's that's, right. that's cool. Don't don't discount the stuff you're doing already. Don't think you have to supersize it. I want to. It, it goes exactly what Jeff was talking about there with taking care of yourself. It also goes back to what uh, Lee was saying with kind of asking questions. One of the things you really want to do is find the a person who does the type of thing you think you may want to do. This is this doesn't have to be your mentor. If you have a mentor, you definitely want to have this conversation with them. But you don't want to ask them what's great about your ministry job. Yeah. Because people mm-hmm. in ministry are in ministry because they love it. They, yep. you know, they're right. So, uh, some people may want to, and not in a bad way, because we'll do this. Um, they want to give you a positive uh, view on something. You know, we want you to think well of what it's like to be a missionary because we have a ton of fun and we can't imagine mm-hmm. anything else. Lee would like someone who wants to be a pastor who he likes to, you know, know that this is a cool job and there's some stuff about it. But what you want to ask specifically, and Lee was alluding to this, is what are the pain points of that yeah. job? Because yeah. mm-hmm. every job has something that's really bad. The, the the people I've seen, and not in a bad way, but get in the most trouble when transitioning from a volunteer to vocational ministry is people who on some level have the assumption that a ministry job is just doing the stuff I do as a volunteer, but, but I do a little it. bit more of it and get paid for it. Yeah, yeah. that ain't it. Dude. Super not. This is one of the smartest things I've ever heard, and this was uh, many years ago from a friend of mine who's a an area director with a ministry called Young Life. So he's a staff person there, and he told me, I was a volunteer at the time, he said, here's the thing you got to know is the people who are on staff for this are volunteers, leaders too. Right. Yeah. I have a 40-hour-a-week job that is fundraising and yep. administration and all that yep. stuff, and then... I do ministry. Right. Yeah. And that ministry is not the yeah. part I get paid for. Right. right so you right. want to ask people and they all have them, you know, an honest church pastor will tell you about all the crazy stories he hears from people who are then smiling during the Sunday morning sermon when he's <laughs> not talking about it. And missionaries will tell you about the, the uh, sometimes massive headache that fundraising is. Mm-hmm. And every job has a pain point. And sometimes that can tell you just as much about what you might want to try as the parts that are cool. Because the parts that are cool are kind of similar. I mean, they're in different Mm -hmm. areas, but you know, the parts that are cool is you see somebody's life change, you talk to somebody about the Lord who's never convinced it, and you walk through that. But the thing that defines a lot of jobs very differently is what are the headaches, what are the pain points, and that may give you, get a fuller picture as you start to explore stuff. Definitely one way. We push you. Okay, we're going to move on to our next question here. It comes in anonymously to our Tumblr inbox, and it says, I'm an ex-youth group leader, and that's EX youth group leader, not like an X Men youth sure. group leader. But that'd be that would be pretty cool. Too. That'd be cool. 
Absolutely. If kids back where I used to go to church, I'm living in a different city now and still have a few of them on my social media accounts. What do you do when you see one of your ex students start posting things of a worrisome nature? Lately, I've been seeing a guy hanging out with the wrong crowd, started drinking in high school, smoking out at parties late at night and writing about how he hates church. What should I do? And Lee, you actively lead a youth group. So why don't you start us off? Yeah. Welcome to Tuesday. Mm. Um, I I appreciate the question, and this is the this is like this is the rest of your life, you know. I mean, if you've been a part of a youth group and you have any connective tissue to the kids who were part of it uh, before, and you see them kind of go on in the in their life, you're going to see this kind of thing happen. And here's the deal: is that like one, almost everybody has some kind of desert period where they fall off. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. everybody, everybody sins. You sin, I do, everybody does. Now, when you're, when you're 16, 17 and you're making those decisions and you're having, you know, crises of faith and that whole thing, th- this stuff becomes, you know, more obvious, more pronounced. Some people put their, put their sins right out there on front, you know, for everybody to see and that kind of stuff. The thing that I would ask you on this is, um, and this is what you want to spend a lot of your time figuring out is what is my goal yep. here? Um, what what do I hope to accomplish by getting involved in this situation? I'm in a different city. I'm not actively a part of this person's life right now. What do I hope to accomplish from my remote location uh, for this person? That's the part you really, really want to get your head around before you can move on to anything else. If you decide, well, what what I think I want to do is I want to encourage this person and I want to be able to speak into their life and hopefully get them back on the right track. Um, That's great. It's lovely. What I would say is you need to figure out next, do I have any right to do that? Yep. You know, uh, mm. and, and I don't mean that to diss you in any way. Um, I don't mean any disrespect by that. What I mean is if you are going to confront me about my life, you need to earn the right to be heard in my mm-hmm. life. So you need to be a person who pours into my life. You need to be a person that I know that you care about me because you serve me, you take care of me, you care about my troubles, my problems. It's that's all obvious. It, you, I wouldn't even have to. I wouldn't even have to wonder has this person earned the right to be heard. I just we both know because of the way that you take care of me and the way that you pour into my life, you've earned the right to be heard by me. And the third question you want to ask yourself before you do anything. So what is my goal? Have I earned the right to be heard? And here's question number three. Are you willing to drive to the old city and sit down and talk to that person face-to-face if they are open for your help? Right. And that's a that's a really important question. Um, on the earn the right to be heard thing, like, have you guys ever done anything like that before? Have you sat down one-on-one, or is this a deal where, like, you taught a Bible study, there were 20 kids in the Bible study, and this was one of the kids, so they, you know, technically they heard all the things you taught about Jesus and the Bible and stuff, and then all of a sudden, you you know, you've moved away, and now you see some troubling stuff. I, I, I know what that feels like. I've got all kinds of kids in my life like that who came to the Bible study for a while, they moved on, and then this became their life. Now, I, I'd love to get a chance to meet with them, but the question is, are you willing to go to, if, if they came back and said, man, I don't have anybody in my life speaking into my life about Jesus right now, would you be willing to come and talk to me? 
is that a trip you can make? Or can you do a Skype thing or something like that? Can you get one-on-one and really take some time? Because here's what this thing needs. If you want to be the person to help this person get back on track, the question is, are you ready to put the time into it? And so before we even decide what it is you need to do, we've got to figure some stuff out. What are your goals? Are you the right person to meet those goals? And what are you willing to do if this person is ready for you to enter into this process? I I can tell you, man, I know how this feels. And it super sucks to see somebody you care about fall off. We all, Everybody on this podcast yeah. knows the way this feels. And it's a super yeah. sucky feeling. You know right now that you can pray for whoever this is. You You can do that. And ask the Lord for your next steps. But we need to be clear about what your goals and are you the person yeah. to bring out those goals? It's a really fantastic place to start. And Jed, I'd love you to pick up on us, pick up for us this idea of I think this is the safe assumption in most cases is that right now this person is not going to try to hear uh, anybody, much less the uh, the ex youth group leader. If they hate church, they probably don't hear about somebody who's be at church. Um, come in and you know tell them Jesus. They make they're making baby Jesus cry by yep. drinking. Mm-hmm. So, what do we do with that? In the idea of there is some as Lee's pointing to there, there are things you can do in the meantime. Yep. They're going to be subtler things than yep. the big, um, dramatic kind of turning conversation that we all want to have in our heads. So what are those things we can do now? It's a great question, man. Well, let's let's be clear about this. Here's the thing that, that Christians, I think, almost universally struggle with is they see a sin as occurring in the world, and they feel like, I have to do something to keep the sin from happening, and I have to do it right now. <laughs> right. Yeah. And there's two things on that. The first is it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. And the second, which is actually more important, is that's not your job. Right. Yeah. That really, really needs to be repeated. The mm-hmm. job of Christians is not to keep sin from occurring in the world. Uh, I think it's something with good news. Yeah, yeah, it's much closer. Does that sound right? That's much closer. Now, it turns out if we spread the good news Uh and people come to know Jesus and we disciple them and they grow Mm -hmm. in that faith, they actually will sin less. So there will be net less sin in the world. But if if I just start getting mad at people who don't follow Jesus for doing non-Jesus-y things now, isn't that like just shortcutting? Nope. Isn't that just more efficient? No, very different. Very different. (laughs) Oh. Mm. So... You know, Lee's talking about, you know, are you ready, which is all great questions. We also want to ask, is this kid ready? Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, because let me read back what you said. Lately, I've been seeing him hanging out with the wrong crowd, start drinking in high school, smoking out at parties until late night and writing about how he hates church. Okay, here's the thing about sin is in the short term, sin always pays off. Yeah. That's that's yeah. why people do it. Sin pays yeah. off right now, mm-hmm. every time. It's like you get the gratification immediately instantly almost okay i've been seeing him hang out with the wrong crowd hanging out with the wrong crowd is awesome yeah it doesn't end well but in the short term it's great i've done it start drinking in high school drinking in high school is great in the short term that's it's an exciting adventure steel reserve is delicious (laughs) (laughs) smoking smoking is cool don't you know that right smoking is great out at parties until late at night. Late night partying is the best kind. No one wants to go to a mid-afternoon party. That's for I mean, chumps. Let me tell you what. Smoking takes years off your life, but it's off the end, and those years suck anyway. Exactly right. <laughs> so, exactly right. So who cares? Now, I'm being, I'm being a little cheeky here, but, but this is the thing. The stuff you're describing, in the short term, those things all seem great. Right. Um, there will come a day where this kid arrived, I went as hard as I could figure out how to at the stuff I thought would work and it didn't work. Mm. And now I don't know what to do. That's the moment 
we want to be on this kid's speed dial. Right, right, the right. moment where they say, that didn't right. work, and I'm ready for something different, and I wonder who on earth do I talk to about that that won't be a judgmental jerk towards me, mm, given all exactly. of the stupid stuff I put up on right. Facebook. Right. And the thing we want to ask ourselves is, how do I become the person that's on the speed dial? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do that's I become right. the person that's where, right. when they're ready for something new, I'm the, the number at the top of that list? Well, it's a few things. Thing one is, don't be a judgmental jerk. Right. That's yeah. if you can dig it. If this kid went to youth group and is now posting all this stuff on Facebook, that's a borderline intentional thing to separate right. all the Christians I knew yeah. into two categories. People yes. they're going to jump in and say, "You know, you're making the baby Jesus cry." Yep. And people that will just let it go. Yeah. It's that's actually not an accident. Mm-hmm. So the first thing is be clear which box you're going to go in. Right. Well, that's, that's right. the kid who comes to church in the, forgive me, I don't have a more current reference, Marilyn Manson t-shirt, and just waits for a Christian to be Christian at them so he can say, I knew it. Exactly right. right. Exactly right. So the place that we want to start is exactly what Lee said in terms of earning the right to be heard. We can do that. We can The, the, the beginnings of that we can do even with simple things. When it's his birthday, send him a birthday card. Right. Um, when, he, when he posts something on Facebook that's not awful, reply to it and praise him. Right. You know, I, I did. Yeah. I did good at my track meet today. You know, personal best, Jimmy. That's great. I'm so because proud this is of his you. currency. You know, Th- like this social media thing. That's his currency. Yes. So be a part. It's it's like you're saying. Uh, sorry to interrupt. No, you, please but do. You're saying like this is the way that you communicate. This is the way you want attention. So I'm gonna be. I'm gonna give it to you in this medium. Exactly right. I'm gonna positively reinforce in this medium everything that I can positively reinforce that you do. That's good. And um, because it's not really my role in my place, I'm just gonna ignore all the stuff that you're on. That's um, that's inappropriate. Quick point on that. Uh, social media is the currency. D- don't be obvious. What you don't want to do is, you know, I was going through some old uh, photos today. I found this one of all of us at the church retreat. Yep. I tagged you, Bobby. Remember the fun time we had at the church retreat <laughs> yep. Yep. with Jesus? <laughs> Real subtle. Just yep. as we're talking about other stuff on the long game. Be cool. Yeah. Here, here's the bottom line. Celebrate people. Celebrate people's victories. Mm-hmm. Mourn their losses. Uh, be there for them. Uh, you know, again, you know, birthdays, weddings, and funerals. People know. So it's like if he's rejoicing, I should do one thing. You should rejoice. If he's mourning, I should like do the you sh- other. You should mourn. There's a Bible story that about that. Smart. Yeah. yeah, it's it's an original idea to me. Um, <laughs> Copyright Jedburg. Yeah, I got a new book coming out about it. It's pretty awesome. Actually, <laughs> I'm unveiling it at the Apathy Conference. Absolutely, it's gonna be pretty wow. great. I'm okay. a keynote speaker. <laughs> well, it's called. Do whatever Maybe. with those who rejoice. And, I don't yeah, care. Yeah, whatever you want with those who mourn. Whatever it is. But but this is the key thing. You know, I'll land on this, and uh, we'll, we'll get Glenn to weigh in, is um, you know how to do all the stuff that you need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, right. You know how to be cool. You know how to be loving. You know how to rejoice when he's got good stuff and mourn when he's got bad stuff and how to be there for him. Um, you, you know how to do all that stuff. The one thing to ask the Lord to take off of you is the sense of impatience. Is yeah. the sense of I need this to be fixed right now. If God, the Bible says that it's God's kindness that draws us to repentance. That that God is patient with us. If yeah. God can yeah. be patient right. with this situation, you can be patient with this situation too. Yeah. Um, we know you've got it in you. This kid's lucky to have you in his corner. Um, so be be that right person, and I know the Lord will bring something great out of it. That's really fantastic stuff. Glenn, I'd like to just close it out by picking right up on that. I think there's a very important point to be made that Jed is saying there of you know what to do because there's not actually a magic formula to this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, Glenn, you've uh, you've done a lot of watching people wander off and come mm-hmm, back, mm-hmm, wandering mm-hmm. into, um, without getting into too many details, uh, 
little more extreme situations than right. Right. smoking cigarettes and staying out all night <laughs> That's right. for yeah. quite a long period of time. Yeah, Some yeah. people, you know, decades before right, they right. kind of roll back in. So uh, the things to do are simple, but maybe the uh, the mindset we have to have is a little more challenging. So what would you yeah. say on that? Well, I tell you, here's the, the main thing I would have you ask yourself is, did you plant good seeds yes. with yes. this kid? You planted good seeds on good soil with this kid at whatever point in the past. Those seeds are going to break ground. Yeah, sooner or later, uh, right. it'll it'll look bad for a minute, but you know at, at some point that's it's going to come around. So, give me an example. You were just saying, you know, that I've I've had some you know kind of extreme uh, situations, but the, there's one particular guy that comes to mind. Um, he he contacted me. He was uh, he was locked up, and um, I had known him for years and years on the street. He was a, a gang leader on the north side of Chicago, and he said um, in in his note that he sent me that he was he was walking with the Lord now, and so I went and and saw him and we sat down and he had sort of the sheepish look on his face. And he said, "I'm just you know I I wanted to tell you about this and I know that it would make you happy, but I I've been really sheepish about." telling you that I'm walking with the Lord now because I counted it up and I added up 16 years of you trying to get me saved. Wow. <laughs> and I can't believe how stubborn I was and I can't I have no idea why I hesitated this long. It, it, everything about it's been amazing. Everything about it's just been fantastic. And I'm kind of embarrassed off of that. As, as much as I'm rejoicing about it, I'm embarrassed of it. And I just can't believe how stubborn I was. And I, I said, brother, here, here's a couple of things I need for you to know. You are not stubborn in this, in this example. I am the stubborn one. Yep. Because I wasn't even getting tired of that process. Mm. You, 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 you weren't wearing me down You don't have the record, friend. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the second thing I want to tell you is every time I talked to you, you got closer to making that decision. Every time I talked to you, good seed went down on good soil. So I knew we were getting where we were going. There was no doubt in my mind we would get here. I didn't know how long it would take, but it didn't matter how long it takes. It's not up to me, and it's not I don't have a right to judge you on how long this takes and so on and so forth. But here's the thing I want to tell you about that is it's, it's sort of uh, easy for us thematically when it's a long buildup of nonsense and then the dramatic story of the becoming Christian and then he does, he lives a straight life ever afterwards. Mm -hmm. The hard part for us is when that long uh, 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 wandering in the wilderness part happens in the middle of the story where we're walking right. with the Lord for a while and we fall off for a while and we get back on. Uh, but as, as all these brothers are pointing out, that happens. It happens to a lot of us. It certainly happened to me. So uh, the, the thing is, good seed was planted in me, and when I kind of had my rebellious years, I knew exactly what to come back to. I knew exactly yeah. what, where the Lord stood uh, in all of that. That's the main thing, is if you planted good seed on good soil with this kid, uh, that's going to, is going to manifest itself. Uh, if the, as these guys are saying, if if the if you're in a position to say something, you've earned that right to be heard, and it and, and it's the right time, the right place. It's easy enough to say, you know, hey, buddy, I'm praying for you. 
you know, I hope hope things are going well. You, you, I hope you know you can always talk to me about anything that's that's going on uh, in your situation. No judgments, just love. Uh, I'm here for you, buddy. Whatever that kind of thing. But that ball is going to be in his court, and 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 again, the seed is planted. Sooner or later, uh, that uh, yeah. turnaround will come. Yeah, I think it's absolutely right. And uh, the Bible actually draws very clear, uses a very clear analogy of you know a seed growing and kind of germinating while the farmer is asleep. I think mm-hmm. one of the things that we can get our own stuff tied up on this that leads to that impatience is the idea of if I if my sermons were good or if my lessons were good or if I administered this person good, the, that's I can judge that by how quick the turnaround is yeah. and how short the falling off period has. It's just not the way that works. There's no math yeah. for that. All these, mm-hmm. as we're saying, all these are individual situations. There's a lot of factors well outside of you. The, the thing is to pray and ask about what your role in it is. All right, remove our last question here comes in anonymously to our Tumblr, and it says, Hello, there's a guy at my church who I've taken an interest in. The thing is, he's the pastor's son. Mm-hmm. I'm very close to his parents. They give me so much encouragement and guidance. I know you guys would normally advise me to just tell him, and I would, but one of my sisters in the Lord has advised me against it for now until I'm sure. Whatever. You'll get your chance. <laughs> she said the dynamic of our relationship could really change if it doesn't work out. I don't mm. want to be afraid, but I don't want to ruin anything. Help. Jed, why don't you start us off? <laughs> well, I appreciate your question. And here's the thing. Before you get yelled at, I, I hear you. <laughs> no, no one's going to yell at you. I hear you. I that's hear not you. a promise you can keep. Yeah, that's true. It, what you're describing makes perfect sense to me. And the answer actually doesn't have anything to do with dating. The answer has to do with deciding to think like an adult. I'm going to mm. tell you what I mean by that. So part of my job, I'm going to tell you about something. It's a very parallel situation, but it doesn't have the same emotions attached. Part of my job working for Glenn is to help do fundraising for other ministries. We work with a lot of of organizations that do incredible work and have almost no money to do work with. And so um, I kind of am tasked with coming up with novel ways to bring money to them so they're able to keep working because they're partners with us. Them existing helps us. So it kind of all works out. All right. So I've, I've got the situation where I need to kind of get somebody to be on favor on board with something that I've kind of invented and it's a really important relationship so I need to not screw it up I need them to not be mad and and upset Mm -hmm. in the process so I have to approach this in a very delicate way right but I could do nothing. If I did nothing, Glenn would fire me, so yep. I can't do that. That's correct. I could go to them in one go and say, here's everything I'm thinking. We should do this, 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 and they would all say no, right. uh, which is equivalent to going to this kid and saying, I think we should get together and then get married and then have babies and they'd have babies and we'd have right. grandbabies. <laughs> he will say no to that. Um, so we don't want to do that exactly. You're my destiny. You're my <laughs> been dreaming of you. <laughs> all right, so we, we don't want to do that either. So <laughs> whatever you say, don't say in that voice. <laughs> so what do we do? Okay. What I do in my job is I go to a person, I say, been thinking about some stuff, been, been pondering some stuff, let's do this. Want to buy you a coffee? I want to sh- think some thoughts together. Yeah. Just sit down. Just I'm I, a fan of what you do. I'm a fan of what you do. I want to talk about it. I want you to tell me a bit more about what you do. I got a couple of concepts I'd love to run past you. Just take your temperature on, see what you think. Mm-hmm. No pressure. But I mostly just want to hang out. I'm so grateful for all the work that you do here. You help mm-hmm. us out so much. Let's get together. Let's see what we see. Okay, here's the first thing on that. A, no one is offended by that. Right. 
No one is freaked out by that. Right. No one is like, you're coming on a little strong there, Chad. It's right. a little bit. I'm going to need to pray about this first. Right. I've, I've never been told no on that. Right. No one's ever said no. Now, I have sat down with people and kind of talked through things. And around at the end of it, you know what? What I had in mind is not going to work here. Mm-hmm. It's, it's right. not the right fit. It's not the right mm-hmm. thing. It's mm-hmm. just, and that's no problem. We still had fun talking. It's, right. you know, it didn't damage the relationship. Right. Everything's still cool. Um, other times I'm like, oh man, what I was thinking is a much better idea than I thought. This is mm. going to be perfect. This is going to be amazing. But we can't know till we get together and actually talk, right? Sure, yeah. This is the way that adults handle their affairs. They recognize, you know, we got to get into it and see what we see. Let's bring it back to you now. Yes, if you did nothing, that would be a super bad idea. Right. And there, the, the thing that you got to wait till you're short, there's no such thing. Right. There, right. there is no such thing as that. that. It's not that your friend is wrong exactly. She means well. It's just there is no such thing as being short. Right. Okay. And if you go and say, you are my destiny and I, I dream of you and we should get married and have babies and they will have babies and we'll have grandbabies, that will definitely freak him out and you should not do that either. And if it doesn't freak him out, you don't want to be with that dude. No. <laughs> but the idea of saying, A, um, you do some, A, your parents have been such a help to me. You should mm-hmm. know that, and I'm thankful. Mm-hmm. B, you do so much at the church, and I do so much at the church, but it feels like we never have time to just talk and hang out and just get to know each other and whatnot. I'd love to fix that. I'm talking about Starbucks, and I'm buying. Uh, Frappuccino on me. What do you say? Let's do this thing. The, idea, the odds of someone being freaked out by that are zero. Now, and if they are, likewise, th- that's... Run. Yeah, n- do not date that person. Here, here are your actual worst-case scenarios here. Thing one is he is freaked out, which is Glenn saying, that's, oh gosh, you don't want to be in a relationship with someone that's freaked out by that. Yeah. Thing two is he says, you know, that's actually really cool. I'm dating someone right now, right. so I actually, I, I couldn't, but I, but I appreciate it. Which, hey, problem, okay. problem solved. Okay, the next worst case is you guys get together and you talk and it's, you know, well, you know, what's the thing besides and so forth. And an hour later, you realize there is no chemistry with this right. person at all. Yeah. I, I thought, yeah. I thought there was, and they're super not. And well, it was great. And, uh, I'll see you at church. Okay. Right. No problem. Yeah. Those are your actual worst case scenarios. Every, which are all pretty good and you can live with everything else is a win. Right. I mean, literally everything else is a win on some level. Right, right, right. Okay, but the way that we sorted this out is by saying, we're going to approach this like adults. We're not going to approach this with our emotions leading the way. We're not going to approach this with our superstitions leading the way. We're going to say, here's the goal we need to accomplish. What's a smart way to do that? And that's a smart way to do it. You can do that. You can pull that off. You don't need to be freaked out. You don't need to be afraid. You've got what it takes to say, hey, we never get to talk. Let's get together. Frappuccino, I'm buying It'll be great no matter what happens, and then you'll be on the other side of it. That is fantastic. I have a feeling, I'm just getting the the, in, the inkling that Jed may be in the pocket of Big Frappuccino. He mentioned <laughs> yeah. that quite a number of times. Yeah, that's uh, suspicious. A little bit. Uh, Leah, let me get you They're so creamy and delicious, guys. Maybe later we all go for one. <laughs> what do you say? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's anything you say in that voice, just not, not yeah, an appealing prospect uh leave leave you to pick up for us on this there's okay i i want to pick up on what jed's saying here so normally when we in this the question asker is right i know you would normally tell me to just tell him yep but i want to give this person the benefit of the doubt and take this from a different angle let's say that this is not an which Glenn is going to accuse this woman of i feel it in my bones <laughs> that you are coming up with excuses because you are scared of dating right certainly could be that probably right. is that 
Let's assume it's not. Yeah. Okay. Let's assume we've been. Th- this is a, I. My family came through some horrible church split or whatever it is. Mm. Let's look at this as a. I'm interested in someone, and even outside of the church thing, there could be extenuating circumstances. Yep. Right. I'm interested in someone that could be their S- Sally's ex or the pastor's son, or they're going to move. How do we approach a decision, as Jed's saying, specific to dating? And whether or not this is a good idea, now that we've taken that fear out of the way, we're just looking at what's a good idea or not. Lee, why don't you help us walk through that? Well, I think that one of the things on this is, and Jed kind of touched on this, which is that where we start is not something that is potentially hazardous for blowing up the church or splitting anything. And I think that's that's the problem, is that when we look at these things, a lot of times we look at it, we can't keep our minds from going down the road. So that's why we freak out about stuff like this, is, well, if this doesn't work out, then there's probably going to be a schism and all of Christendom will melt. (laughs) And the whole thing is going to be, everything's going to be over. It's going to be a scorched earth scenario. But the, you know, and that's why, you know, your friend is saying, you know, the risk is so high that you need to make sure that you know before you take that risk. And the the thing is, is that you don't actually have to know any of that stuff right now, because all we're trying to figure out right now is, do we want to go on a, a date where we talk? Right. And the, the things that you have to know in order to answer that question are really not, you know, very deep things. Do I enjoy looking at this dude? Would I like to hang out with him further? Is he dreamy? Would it be cool? Yes. Would we? <laughs> would we? Would it be wonderful if he and I were sitting across a very small table? Would I enjoy a creamy, delicious frappuccino? <laughs> all right, would enough I find with that all right, you know, That's that. You have the federal you've, podcast you, commission. You've been censured. Investigate Jed. Yeah. Would the Frappuccino mustache accentuate Don't you his start. ironic <laughs> mustache? I feel like the Bernie Sanders of podcasting here. We have to get big money out of this show. Yeah, so thank you. So, you know, it, it, you just have relatively simple questions right now. Yeah. Would you like to hang out with this dude some more? You don't have to wonder what, you know, you don't have to get one of those apps and find out what are our kids going to look like and is that going to, you know, is that going to offend anybody or something like that. It's just the uh it, it's this is this is not that complex. And I know it feels it feels like a big risky thing because what if the whole thing burns down? Well, a first date doesn't really burn anything down. Right. Especially if we're just going to sit at a relatively small table with some, you know, with a cup of coffee or a cup of tea or something like that. That's that's all we're doing. We're going to have a conversation. So I think that I, I think that keeping the goal at the right size and deciding I don't have to make decisions right now past that point is a good way to keep your emotions out of the area of this massive risk. Is I don't have to decide right now if we were made for each other. Mm-hmm. All I have right. to decide right now right. is would I like to hang out with this dude yeah. some more? And do I have the guts to just go ahead and ask him out? I don't, I, you know, and, and plus, like, you know, the, the parents, okay, have had, you know, a great impact on your spiritual life and stuff like that. Look, the parents had to date too. Yep. You know, they, they understand this process and nobody's going to freak out if you, you know, you go on a couple of dates and then it doesn't work out. I mean, we have, we've got folks in our church who they've, you know, 
they they were kind of relatively same age, single, stuff like that. Went out on a couple of dates. It didn't work out. They're in the same community group. You know, they've dated other people since then. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. And it doesn't burn anything down. We don't have, we haven't had a church split because of it and stuff like that. I understand how this stuff can be potentially emotional and feel big and risky. But I think uh, even outside of this realm of this first date thing is a lot of times we get we just get ahead of ourselves yeah. in our thinking. Yeah, that's we get right. too far down the road. And so that's why everything gets blown out of proportion on what's scary and stuff like that. When really we have one simple question to answer for right now. Do I want to hang out with dude more? Yeah. That's the only thing you really need to know in order to do a relatively simple first step. Yeah. It's a really fantastic place to go. And Glenn, I'd love to get you to close us out on this, either with uh, just an unhinged rant, which is always an option, or like yep. I think these guys have covered the angle of the specifics very well, and mm-hmm. I know that is stuff you would echo. So I'd like to focus on the friend. Yes, let's focus We have on someone here, I th- Jed mentioned, I, I agree, well-meaning, yeah. and that is one of the one of the goal one of the uh functions that a good friend serves mm-hmm. is saying i know you're 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 booty struck here mm-hmm. have you, are there things you haven't considered right right, right but right, right, right. um we have a friend here who is parroting a little bit of that but what if terrible things happen because of dating right it's not their fault they've probably read some horrible book right but how do we separate those kind of voices from a more mature kind of the advice you get, which said you want to be cool about it, right. but there's actually nothing to be afraid of. It's a great question. It's a great question, and and I agree with you that that uh, it's actually good to have a friend that would show show you an angle that you weren't would normally look at on something, and 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 uh, have the guts to caution you on something that might be right tricky. There could be a positive way where you say, "No, I think so and so is kind of cute," and they say. Is do you, how much do you like him? Because you know the thing with the parents, you go, yeah, he's not as cute as the other one, and that one's parents aren't my pastor, so yeah, let's just move on from that. Yeah, here's the line that I I think will help us figure all of this out. If I'm if someone's coming to me and they're 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 saying here's what I want to do, and they lay out the case and the scenario, and here's the whole thing. The only time that I would tell that person you should not do this is when that thing is wrong. Mm -hmm. If it's a wrong thing, you say, don't do that. That sounds like a bad idea. I think I should cheat on my taxes. I think I should step out on my wife. I think I should, uh, you know, know, whatever. Uh, uh, I think I should write a book on Christian dating. No, don't. No, that would be wrong. (laughs) (laughs) But you understand what I'm saying. Some things are just immoral. Yeah, when someone's about to make a... (laughs) A clear mistake that, because they're doing something that's that's wrong, you say, do not do that, okay? If someone's doing something that's a bad idea, and Lord help me, I hear a lot of people with a lot of bad ideas, yep. okay? It's not right. wrong, it's just a bad idea, then my role is to say, okay, if that's what you're for sure that you want to do, here is what I would recommend that you look at in order to make that work. Here right. are some risks that might be involved with your awful plan. Here are some risks that are involved. But I've also got to, to, to I can't just give the risk. I've also kind of got to give, how would you handle yeah. that? Sure. You see what I'm saying? Otherwise, I'm just, you know, li- listing out, you know, well, the, the roof could collapse on us at any moment. Have you thought of that? Just, well, that's, you know, uh, you know what I'm saying. 
uh, let's talk about what's realistic, and then let's talk about how do we handle it. But part of what I'm saying there is, you know, let's say you have a friend, and they're thinking about a dating scenario where it's a bad idea. Yeah. Okay. If that yeah. person comes to you and says, hey, I, I want to do, I, I think maybe I should do this. Oh, that's, that might be a bad idea. But the, I, the thing that you do is you say, okay, well, now, okay, so you're coworkers and you're the only two people that are in this uh, uh, coffee house and you're serving Frappuccinos, which everyone loves Frappuccinos. I've heard that. And so. Oh, no. <laughs> wow. This is the darkest timeline. But, you're, Glenn, you're saying that you may, as opposed to, oh, I wouldn't, you say, have you thought about what you're going to do if yeah. the guys go on a couple of dates and it's awkward at work? Well, yeah, is there a I, plan? Can I help you develop yeah, a plan? I think it might sound more like, it. okay, there's a potential if you got really close to this guy and it was a really bad breakup, then it might be tough with the parents and the thing and it might create a, it, that... It's worth the risk because he's amazing and they're amazing because I don't know if any of you people in this process understand this, but having a decent set of in-laws is the dream that we all dream of. Well, right. Okay. The statement that launched a thousand meetings. <laughs> okay. But this is what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, this is true. But here's what I'm saying Preach. is that oh, uh, more, more meetings. <laughs> this is what I'm saying is. That the, uh, the 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 idea is you would say to this person, uh, uh, there are risks involved here. There are things or whatever. So here's what I think you'll want to do mm-hmm. to keep those risks from kicking in. So for example, if you're dating him and you're and things are getting serious, but you think there's some serious problems, you may want to attack those problems a little earlier in the process and decide whether or not you're really good at working through those problems rather than just kind of playing things out and having it be a bad breakup because you sort of let those problems fester. I So you front load it a whole lot more. That would be smart advice. That's what a, a, a counselor mm-hmm. would tell you is if it's a if it's a situation that's potentially going to be complicated like that, you put a lot more effort into... Um, let's pull the ripcord on this if it's just going to be a bad idea before it gets to be a big tangled mess, and let's make sure that that um, uh, that from whatever point we are, we can have an amicable breakup and that we wouldn't lose that. And you can you can say that from the outset. I'd I'd love for us to date, but I also you know I'm close with your parents, and I would just ne- I would I just never want to jeopardize that. So can we just promise to be good to each other and be cool with each other no matter what? I think these are things you can, and that's what you tell your friend. Mm -hmm. You don't tell your friend, oh, don't do that. That's, you know, that could, something could happen. So the best thing you should do is nothing. nothing. That's not good advice. That's not godly wisdom. This is not helping. This is not. Just stay here in the bunker with the rest of us. Yeah. There's nothing gets solved by you just uh, uh, sitting and staring in the space and, uh, whatever. Absolutely right. One of the other things, uh, would uh, last bit of advice I would give to follow up right on what Glenn's saying about getting to it early. Um, again, seems bigger and scarier than it is. One of the smartest things you could do if you decide you want to, if you go to coffee and it goes nicely and you decide you want to try this, is just 
call dude's mom that you have a relationship with and say, Hey, I, I know you guys mean a lot to me and I'm thinking about dating so-and-so. So is that, is that something you're cool with? Is that mm-hmm. something you have concerns about? Are there concerns we can address? Mm-hmm. And you can gauge a lot from that, that reaction. If you get the, well, and you know, mm-hmm. y- you'll know what you're looking for or not. And if they're amazing people and are and like you, then th- most people would be very happy to have the person dating their child be someone they already know and like and yeah. think a lot of their walk with the yeah. So there's a lot of actually positives in here if you're willing to see them that way. All right. If you have a question for us, say that podcast at gmail.com, thebridgechicago.tumblr.com. We're going to take out the song this week. This is from this month's Bridge Box, the song Jed wrote. There's a lot of uh, yeah. stories today about kind of people looking to do ministry stuff and volunteer and be involved in stuff. This is a song, Jedra, about some of the amazing volunteers and helpers we have at the bridge. It's called Give It Away. We're going to take out with that. Just remember, we love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it. The Say That Podcast, if you like our idea for an apathy conference, you will not be invited. <laughs> Click meh. <laughs> I know a banker with a fancy car and he comes in late on his face from far across the room for all the things he's had and done this stands alone at number one I know a pastor from a
Yeah.